0: Soy Jenny it says soccer chat is for incinerators, for incinerators.
1: Numero uno, con todo <laughs> por todo. Gracias. Numero uno. You know what it is. Keeping it clear on here. You know. For coaches, by coaches, this is soccer chat. <laughs> yes, that's the name of the With Nick Rizzo. Yeah, I don't know if I'm entirely ready for it. And Sean Soderly. There's been no bigger show for soccer chat than this one. What's up everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast brought to you by some special friends of ours at Soccer Chat. We've got Dutik Brand. Check them out dutigbrand.com for all your coaching accessory needs. Use the promo code Soccer Chat and get yourself a sweet discount just by using the promo code Soccer Chat at DoTickBrand.com. Shout out to our friends over at Torx, T-O-R-R-X.com for the world's greatest ball pump. You've heard about it on Soccer Chat for years now. You've heard about it from other coaches for years now. Go check it out right now. Get you a TORRX, torr com and tell them that the Soccer Chat Boys sent you, and make sure to leave them a nice review on Amazon. And, Nick, we've got a new friend of the show.
0: We do, and I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty freaking excited about it.
1: Absolutely. Our new friends are Bounce Athletics. Go check them out on Twitter at Bounce Athletics. We got to meet Zach at convention and Zach's one of the reps there at Bounce Athletics. And let us tell you, we've got some special deals for you guys coming up that I need you to pay attention to this episode as we're going to give you some details on how to get some amazing discounts at Bounce Athletics. Whether you need training balls, training bibs, they've got new goals that are coming out that they showed them to me and I instantly just dropped because I love these goals so much. I cannot wait to use my own Bounce Athletic products, and I know you can't either, so you've got to make sure to listen later on in the show as we give you the promo code to get yourself $50 off your first purchase at Bounce Athletics. So check them out, BounceAthletics.com, and all over social media at Bounce Athletics. He's Nick, I'm Sean, and we are experiencing the United Soccer Coaches Convention Hangover. Nick, how are you feeling? sucks. (laughs) okay well that's brutally honest yeah no i mean
0: like i don't know about you but like it's like i feel like that kid at summer camp that went to camp and now i'm back with all my friends and i miss all my summer camp friends right now
1: (laughs) yeah i you know i feel that way um it was it was good to see everybody and i think this the we can all echo the same thing of it should we should do stuff like that more than just once a year
0: yes well like i was joking with like tiff and adelaide at one point It's like. I was like, all right, so see you this time next year, because like that's the only two. And again, people that we talk to all the time that I feel like I've known for my entire life uh, is the second time I've ever met them in person. You and me, like seventh time we've ever seen each other in real life. And so it's, it's, it is crazy. It is, it's honestly like, yeah, no, you're one hundred percent right. We need to, we need to find a way to to do that more often. We do soon as
1: uh, that is true. We do have the Wisconsin Women in Soccer Symposium. Coming up here at the end of February, but, you know, you were mentioned about doing this more than uh, once a year. Hopefully if uh, Tiffany gets along with her vision uh, and creates her and builds her own convention center, um, maybe that they they can do this more often.
0: I mean, we're just going to have to hope that Adelaide uh, approves that one uh, because I feel like that's the only way that happens for us.
1: Absolutely. And speaking of Dutick Brand, your boy purchased an amazing neck warmer from Dutig brand and I could not stop wearing it. I wore it all over the place. I wore it, um, on Sunday I had, or on Monday I had a camp in Chicago. I wore it all the way home, got home. It was freezing outside. My wife and kids picked me up and my wife was like, what is on your neck? I was like, that is a Dutuk brand neck warmer.
0: Dude. I, I mean, I'm pretty pumped because you've been talking about this for like three months now. And so to be able to finally have it, it's got to been, like, like, just another, like, even better than Christmas Day for you.
1: Oh, absolutely. I actually wore it into the uh, Walgreens. And our good friends uh, Don Crow, Declan Doherty, and Katie Berkopec can uh, attest to this. I wore it into Walgreens. And on the security cameras, yeah, I get it. when you walk into Walgreens, like, you can see yourself on the video screen from security cameras. Yes. It looked like I had another beard on my face. <laughs> And it was kind of cool. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I kind of like this look, but there's no way my beard will grow that long. Um, You know, what were some some highlights for you from convention? Maybe it's, uh, I know every year, and well, every year, this is the only second time that we went together for soccer chat. Um, But I know that we talked like last year about meeting new people that we hadn't met before. And maybe there were some people this year that you, you met for the first time that you just were like, man, like, I feel like I've known you forever.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, all those people. I mean, just. I, I wish I could name every single person and I'm not going to name any cause I don't want to miss aim anyone out. But I think it was just, it, it was so cool again this year because the amount of people that just we've been able to connect with. I mean, it's, it, I keep joking with people like the networking through this has been absolutely insane. It's just the amount of people that we've gotten to meet and have gotten to meet each other. And, like, we have people coming up again this year being like, hey, I listen to your show, big fan, blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, it's cool because, like, then we get to hear their story. You know, like, those people that, like, that was, my, I think, my favorite part about those people who came up and would be like, hey, you know, like, hey, listen to the show, big fan. And be like, nice. Like, where are you from? You know, where do you coach at? And and get to know their story a little bit. And, and I think that was probably my favorite part because, like, the amount of new stories I got was, was pretty special. But, like, I don't know. If I'm being honest, probably the. The number one coolest thing, and they better let us do it again next year, was uh, hosting the the after show with uh, with Becky Burley. Uh, that was probably the that was probably the number one thing that we like. I just like I felt cooler at that point than I've ever felt in my entire life. Why is that? I don't know. Like we got to be up on stage in front of like Jill Ellis. Like like what <laughs> you know and That's like. True. And I mean, like it's it was just cool. And I mean, again, just getting to talk to people at that, like before that event even started, like the the people that were up there, like hanging out with us, it was just like, man, it's it's a cool thing. And just I mean, it's again, all all people from all walks of life. And it was just it was pretty special just to be able to interact with everyone.
1: Yeah, that was, that was definitely my highlight. Um, I'm definitely going to put you on a spot. Who is someone that you met for the first time that had the biggest impact on you of the week?
0: Biggest impact on me of the week. Oh gosh. That's a, that is a good one to be honest. Um, I would say, Oh man, it was really cool. And I'm going to butcher his name. Um, sir, sorry. I don't know how I say the full name, but, uh, He's a guy that's followed Soccer Chat on Twitter. He's always uh, – done. his was really cool. Um, I really liked meeting Megan O'Keefe. She was a baller. Um, like, she was a ton of fun. But actually, like, ironically, this is not someone that I've um, – but, like, I all the stuff that Mike Melton did for us this weekend too, like, I mean, I've interacted with him really briefly at a showcase for, like, two minutes one time. But, like, just being able to give that dude a call and, like, and just be like, hey, can I, like, tour Navy and him taking – 3 hours out of his day to tour me and Ian Wilson like, around around the the thing was absolutely cool and then buying us lunch later i mean that guy's pretty special you know he's he's a different he's a different animal man i i don't know how many people are as nice as that guy what about he you? is
1: he is a different animal indeed um person that i met for the first time that had the biggest impact on me um man i Think um, I'll go to people as well. Um, first one uh, was Leslie Gallimore, oh, and I
0: was cool too. Damn it, that was a good one. I, this so, is really cool
1: at the at the overtime, and and thanks for remembering the name of that thing. Oh, after your part. branding, your branding oh. game is on point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at, at overtime, uh, I, as I told people there, was I was treating it kind of like when when it was done, I was treating it like a wedding reception. I was trying, I was attempting to go through every single person and thank them for coming because, uh, I really thought only five people were going to show up to the show and that's including the three people who were going to be on stage. Um, and the fact that there was such a massive turnout was just ridiculous. Um, so I was going through and, and, and thanking everybody for coming there and obviously handing out koozies to everybody. Um, and I came across a group that was like Leslie, Leslie, Leslie Gallimore, Lisa Cole, um, Haley Carter. And, and I, I, this is, this is horrible. I cannot remember the fourth person and almost like a who's who when it comes to not just female coaches, but coaches of female athletes. And, uh, before I can like introduce myself to everybody, you know, Leslie Galmore is like Sean, sorry, I am such a fan of soccer chat. I am such a fan of what you guys are doing. And I was just like, what? Like, you don't know who we are. And um, just instantly became a fan. And I think that uh, we gave her a little bit of the soccer chat rub because she did ask after that, because uh, we did interview uh, Leslie at the at overtime. Um, we, she did ask, uh, is there a way to, get, even though she she's just kind of somewhat retired, um, she is waiting the soccer chat effect to take place for her. So I've promised her that we will have her on the show and who knows what job she will get uh, after being on that. Uh, and the second group, why go are ahead. those
0: people talking to us? I don't understand.
1: Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, um, I, I, I still don't know. I really still don't know. Uh, that's a good question uh, that I, that I, that I have for later. Um, and the other group that, uh, I, uh, just absolutely love talking to and they just kind of released some stuff. Uh, I noticed today, um, is warm ball or uh bench warmers FC, uh, a group of kids. It's Awesome. Yeah, and did you know that there's like five more of them than just the three that we met?
0: Oh no, I did not.
1: Yeah, so if you go on their YouTube, they've got a YouTube channel. They've got uh, Instagram, they got Twitter, all that. It's Benchwarmers FC One. Benchwarmers FC One. Uh, they did uh, after convention was over with on Saturday. I had already like packed things up and was getting ready to head out, and they stopped by and there's oh you know man we wish we could talk to you. Uh, and I was like, absolutely guys. Like, you know, I don't have anywhere to go. Um, so I sat down and talked with those guys for a little bit. Uh, awesome. Cause they were wrestling pro wrestling fans, which, you know, obviously this is going to get me excited. Uh, but to talk to these guys and you know, just the questions they were asking are a lot better than questions that I ask, uh, on the show. Um, but just being able to like, I don't know, like I felt like I gave him motivation and that's, that really wasn't my point. And they they just kept saying like it was fueling them fueling them and then uh, I caught a little bit of their show today where they were talking about it and they just they loved this quote I gave them that when it came to uh, being benchwarmers you know uh, it, it, where everyone in the world wants to be a starter be a finisher yeah and they just like really uh, really took to that and those guys uh, I'm I'm gonna try my hardest to get those kids out at uh, out at Anaheim next year. Um and go check them out. If you're gonna do me a favor uh from convention, just go on your your Twitter right now, go on your Instagram right now, your YouTube, or even on your Facebook, and go subscribe and like bench warmers FC1. Uh and make sure to tell them that the soccer chat guy sent you. And I am and I'm not putting them over because they use the words coach Soderling and great together in a lot of captions today. Um those two words don't go together. But if they're going to put me over like that, then by golly, I'm going to put them over.
0: They do now; those words go together now.
1: No, not even close.
0: I put you over too. You were getting a lot of love today. How are you feeling?
1: I I I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> I honestly, don't. That's why it was like I I I was like, what happened today? What is what is going on with this? Um, but uh, you know, I I somebody did ask me at convention about, um, you know, when are when are you going to be tired of of all this? And I was like, you know probably like two weeks after convention's over with like, it'll like die down. I was like, but the problem is like, I'm already thinking about next year. And I I mentioned that on one of our shows about like, I'm already like, even though we were there, I'm already thinking about Anaheim. And the problem is like, I would say I'm going to take like two weeks off, but I am already like starting to draw up stuff and making contacts with people and trying to get things lined up for next year. But that's because I have a problem and that's okay.
0: That's okay. It's admitting it's a really, really important step to, uh,
1: Moving on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, we've got a really awesome show that you guys voted on today. Um, It was just uh, a friend of the show reached out to us uh, a few weeks back and said, Hey, I've got a friend that's winning an award at convention. I really would like to highlight her. Uh, you know, is there any way we can get our show? And, of course, we're going to absolutely we're going to, have, we're going to get, this, uh, get this guest on. And it's, it's all good stuff. I can't wait for you to check it out. Uh, it, it, she's the recipient of the and I said it wrong on the show last week, which excuse me, I guess I, I, I don't know years very well, but I said the 2020 award winner but she's actually the 2019 Jerry Yagley award winner from United soccer coaches. And her interview is coming up with you guys right after this from bounce athletics,
2: summer soccer camp season. will be here before you know it and bounce athletics has the soccer balls for your camp. Bounce Athletics offers fully customized, micro-stitched, textured premium camp balls for under $9 a ball. To receive free shipping with delivery in May, order by February 15th. These are the same camp balls that are used by some of the most elite Division I programs in the country, like Wake Forest, Creighton, Texas Tech, Michigan State, Florida State, Clemson, Denver, Utah, and the Air Force Academy, just to name a few. Bounce Athletics also offers NFHS and FIFA-approved custom textured training balls for under $25 a ball and they can turn orders around in as little as four weeks so you guys can be ready to roll for the spring season and just for listening to this podcast all soccer chat listeners get a $50 discount on their first order of custom balls or training vests all you got to do is mention the podcast when you email info at bounceathletics.com to begin the ordering process people
3: said I wouldn't make it make it that i never get to the top, that.
0: there was nothing they could say that would make Ooh. it down,
2: so I had to keep pushing, pushing I had to keep pushing. Through the
1: The United Soccer Coaches Convention in Baltimore, Uh, Soccer Chat powered by Exact Sports. Uh, And, you know, we've had a lot of different coaches on the show so far uh, this week and also, you know, in in previous times before. But we've got a special one today. We have two guests with us. But uh, not every day, and this will be the first time we've had somebody on the show who is the recipient of the Jerry Yagley Award. And you might have seen her in the news recently. Uh, But we have Ann Murphy. With us, and we also have the famous Wendy, as well, uh, who's who's joining us here. Um, Anne has a really awesome story. If, if you pay any attention to United Soccer Coaches, and, and when they uh, announced that uh, she had won the Jerry Aglie Award for exceptional personal achievement, uh, you you read what what was going on. I know that when. Um, uh, we were able to figure out that we were going to do the show. I had done some Googling and saw some of the news stories as well uh, from the area that you're, that you're living in. So with Soccer Chat, you know, to, to figure out, uh, you know, how you got this award, kind of give us your background in the game and how you got into coaching.
3: Okay, you promised you wouldn't give me hard questions. So
1: uh, <laughs> As long as long if you can talk about yourself, you're going to be fine.
3: So um, I guess how it all started, yeah, I grew up, Um, in St. Louis, playing club soccer and high school soccer. Um, I was just following the traditional path of go to high school, play soccer. I enjoyed it. Um, Went to college, got scholarship, went to college, played again. Um, And I actually quit soccer for a year. Um, Focused just on school, and I went and I worked full-time. I thought I was done, and then I met another coach from another school that one of my friends played at Missouri Valley and the coach asked me to come play again and I you know I was was young I said okay went and played soccer again uh, fell back in love with the sport and then I graduated and I thought I was done with soccer again joined the police academy became an officer uh, worked in the inner city in northeast Kansas City where I coach Um, didn't even think about soccer for couple years i worked midnights i was burned out and one of my friends that i played college soccer with was this public school teacher and she called me and she just randomly woke me up and said um what do you think about helping eight kids they're about to be expelled you know just behavioral issues they're good kids they all love soccer what do you think about coaching and i'm thinking you know okay sure you know why not so i uh We went and got our coaching license together, looked online how to do it, and the kids signed a contract to keep a 2.5 GPA in school, don't get arrested. And uh, we put together money to put them in a Hispanic league and bought them Adidas uniforms Mm -hmm. uh, just so they could feel like a champion. And and these kids, uh, they all lived below the poverty line. They didn't have anything, so our first practice was at this huge hay field uh, with, like, goals that were probably slanted at a 45-degree angle yeah. um, or used to be goals maybe. And, um, you know, I, all different ages. And I saw one kid hit a bicycle kick just out of the blue. And I was like, oh, wow, like what would I get into? <laughs> um, so we got a coaching license to teach the game, and I fell back in love with the sport again. Um, and that common love for soccer it was just eight kids. We played. We lost every game like 15 nothing. Um, they want to be called Jaguars. So we went with it. Sure, Jaguars. Yeah. Um, and then eventually uh, we went outdoor. We got more and more kids that wanted to play soccer, but they've never played club soccer. And we keep trying to explain what club soccer is to these kids. They don't know what that means. They just want to play. Yeah. So we put we went another an outdoor Hispanic league, had about 15 kids, lost every game, like 10 to 15, nothing still. Um, and the, the boys they didn't they cared about losing with their friends but they didn't care about the record they just they loved to play um bought more uniforms uh so they can have something nice again yeah and it s i use the word escalated um and we ended up eventually having four teams at once and i asked the younger teams you know what's your team name you need a mascot and they're like Jaguars. No, we're we're Jaguars. And I'm like, okay, you want to be Jaguars even though the other teams? Yes. I'm like, okay, so now our pattern is we have all Jaguars teams. Every team has the same name and same mascot. Um, and uh, then I guess as I was coaching, uh, we went into club soccer and started did the Show Me State games uh, for the first time and traveling. The kids worked so hard to go to that tournament, like with their grades, really grades have to be up where you don't go. Um, and the parents aren't there. So I discovered how to be a mom with a lot of kids and how to manage that stress. And um, eventually it took off. We found more people who wanted to help people, um, but they didn't know how to mm-hmm. help kids. Uh, we have the need for more help all the time. and. So now, I guess we've grown. I I can't say shock was the first WPSL team to come. Uh, I didn't even make that team. Like I went out. I was like back in love with soccer. I'm gonna go try out, you mm-hmm. know. And just told in college. I was always told. High school. I got cut from varsity. I was told I was too small to play. Then I was told I was too old to play. And um, then I thought I was done with playing soccer again. And I met Wendy, who had taken over the team as the head coach, and she. Created Casey, Casey Courage, and um, I fell back in love with the sport and I got the second chance to try to play WPSL, um, and that's how Wendy and I met and just fell back in love once I got the chance to play, and I did get benched at first, <laughs> um, just saying and then she No saltiness I did get there whatsoever. The very first couple games. Yep, I was benched. I players never I
2: forget. I, I was relax.
3: I was definitely benched, but then I actually got to go to the Iowa game and she randomly asked me in the van if I could play forward and I played defense. so I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I can play <laughs> I can play forward. And uh, I ran for like 85 minutes just sprinted across the field. I I probably only touched the ball a couple of times, but caused a couple of goals by causing chaos and um Okay, I remember. Yeah, you do. And uh <laughs> I just I really learned from all of those experiences, chaos and failure. Um, it's a good thing. Like you have to have failure to succeed. Ca- creating chaos in a strategic way can be a uh, tool to succeed, especially non-traditional settings, which yeah. is where you know Youth Rise is all about non-traditional settings. We are very inclusive. Um, We probably go the opposite direction of anyone just so we make sure we include people. So we have kids from suburbs, but we have kids who have been bullied so severely growing up that they fell out of love with soccer Um, or they've been told they're too small to play. You don't have the right weight to play soccer. You don't have um, we've had kids who were force fed dog food like and they just had these traumatic experiences that Might not be directly related to soccer, but using soccer helps them build them back up. And now these kids are in college playing at like a top NAIA schools. So um, I guess Youth Rise just really, I've learned that you can use soccer to build up any individual at any age, any level. And that common love for the sport is almost like a international language, like music or math. And it's a way to communicate, express. Kids go on the field, and they can express their life. If you watch a player play, uh, you can watch Messi, you can watch Neymar, you can watch just a youth player or an academy player, and if you really watch them, you can see their life story the way they play. You can see if they've dealt with things, they might be restricted. That's a lesson they probably learned somewhere in something else, and it's just a flinch. Um, They might just go all out, and they're expressing They might be more emotional. And I think you just see the life stories and you can teach those life lessons so that they learn um, just a little bit more of a, a deeper impact, yeah, I guess. Awesome.
0: That's, that's awesome. And by the way, you were worried about this. That was the best opening story of anyone's life that we've had in, okay. I maybe out. <laughs> well, it I had was, a sip of Red Bull, so. <laughs> it, was, it was incredible. And it, but it's cool because it's really authentic. I think one of the questions I had right away was, it, like. It, a lot of coaches start off pretty young. Like, so how long were you in the police academy for before you started getting into coaching?
3: So I was a police officer from, academy was 07. Uh, Jaguar started in 2011, late 2011. So from 08, I guess technically I was an officer to thousand eleven. I don't know one, two, three, three years. Yeah. So 22, 23, 25 years. Okay. Old.
0: And then you got thrown into coaching, and oh yeah. And, you, and obviously, like you, unless there was some part of your story which was incredibly thorough that you were coaching before this, that was your first experience coaching, right? Yo
3: yeah yeah. I never planned to be a coach. I um, like I said, I just thought I thought soccer was just kind of something that was in my life, and that I uh, I just fell out of love with it due to just kind of life i was living this typical life um, that everyone expects everyone sees their own kids do it and then soccer's kind of youth rises completely spun things where yeah i'll work full t- i have a full-time job i'd um if you don't mind working hard like the soccer part doesn't sometimes it does feel like a job uh <laughs> but parts of it if i did it full-time it wouldn't feel like a job yeah um you do it for more than that and it's just it makes your life really interesting um i would have never learned even working five years in that area i wouldn't have learned about all the culture um the differences ramadan and the challenges with that um poverty and how poverty can take its toll on you yeah um and I think I think you rise, and I think it's for a lot of our mentors and volunteers I think Wendy's learned I think our Sandra's our board president she's across the table staring at me and uh, she even comes from like Ecuador and yep. I think she's learned a lot just through coaching and um, working with in a non traditional setting yep. and I worked in the club level in a more traditional setting with other clubs just to donate money try to make money and donate and um is it's a completely different style. You know how many kids you're gonna have at practice or an estimate now like Thursday we had forty five kids at practice I, in a gym. Wow. So you it makes you a stronger coach.
0: Yeah, you learn uh, to have to adapt to any and, type yeah. of a situation. Oh
3: uh, and when I say that people don't get it until they're there.
0: Yeah. Oh um, I I mean you I'm just right now picturing forty five kids on any field I've ever had and it would be too small, let alone a gym.
3: Yeah, and it teaches you how to be creative, yep. resourceful. Um, we practiced on concrete, um, we, uh, being in tennis courts. I tried to take down a tennis net, but they apparently chain them in some tennis courts. So, uh, Here's we what you do.
2: Tried. You write down your practice plan, and then you throw it out the window when you're driving That's there. what I did
3: Thursday. I, know. I just was like, okay, I don't know why um, we do that. We had um, lights are an issue. We can't afford it. So yep. we... I, we've googled we have a soccer ball that has an led light inside it it doesn't <laughs> work incredible. as i envisioned it and we have little like um string glow stuff to string it on a fence like a soccer goal yeah. so they can see it at night and i'm like you know what if they want to control lights with funding we will go around it and we'll just make lights ourselves with batteries yep. and it didn't go as well as i thought <laughs> but it's um that experimentation i mean yeah. I mean, you can apply that, it to anything in life. You're not giving up on
0: it. You know, like, it's like some obstacle gets thrown your way. It's like, how can, like, all right, instead of like, and this is probably the lesson that you're trying to tell all these kids growing up, like, a lot of things are going to get thrown your way. You can either succumb to it or you can try to figure out a way to make it work with what you have. And so I, I, it seems really like that you guys got a good thing going. What was it like for you in that first experience going in as a young female coach coaching all young males?
3: Um. Well, the teacher I worked with was a female also, and we were both about five foot two. Uh, when we first went in, she's a little bit meaner than me, uh, at least I think. Um, but I went <laughs> we in. We tell her. So one lesson I learned, I went in as an officer. Like, in my mentality was, you have to, you got to be type A, you got to be stand tall, be strong. You don't back down to those boys. If you, yeah. if you give them anything, they're going to... They're going to walk all over you. Um, that's It's a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. A kid in soccer, if you guys already have something in common, you're not there being paid. And I tell them still, hey, I'm not being paid. If uh, I'm here because I want to be, and I hope you are too. And a lot of times it works a lot better if you're just authentic, genuine with them, and they don't care how much you know. They don't care what kind of accent you speak with. They don't care about... Um, Your resume or any of that stuff they care about how much you care about them and then you can i mean you can do anything ridiculous and they're going to they care that just because you care um at first i did police them and i had one kid ramon and he was um he was like the leader of the group yeah and um he uh We butted heads. He got along with the other coach. We butted heads, um, and I couldn't figure it out. I mean, I already have, like, a mid-game talk, and everybody would sit down, and he would not sit. And I'm like, he's like, my legs are cramping. And I'm like, then you can't play. You know, I'm like, I'm not backing down. And I'm like, fine, standing back, and I got really pissed. Mad. I got mad.
1: You can say pissed. You can say pissed.
3: Pissed.
0: we we said worse.
3: And uh, I talked to – the other coach and I'm like I no matter what I do I can't get through to him I don't know what his problem is it was always he was the pro you know um and she just like calmly looked at me and she's like because you're policing him and I'm like what she's like you talk to him like he's a criminal you're talking to at him you're talking you're not connecting with him because you're not talking to him like he's on the same level and I didn't even write you know he was like a six foot two kid he's um, you know, sleep tattoos, you can had a little mohawk, uh, rat tail mohawk die, you know, he, and I'm like, oh, wow. I was like, I'm policing him. That's the issue. And I've had games, we've been at St. Louis showcases where I've had, like, two of our players because they're like, um, can I say a cuss word? Because it's a quote. Yes. So we're at halftime at a, a St. Louis college showcase and, you know, they're not playing well. They're just not connecting. They're yeah. good players and you're shitty well you're shitty. you need to pass the ball and you need to connect you're shitty and they're getting in this conversation in the middle of this fancy turf field and i'm like we showed up in a police van so it was unmarked but (laughs) we're just like i'm like oh my guy and they were like getting a fist fight in the middle of halftime and the other teams you know all very structured and i'm like breaking them up and i'm super you know i'm little trying to yell at them it doesn't work well and uh Finally, I had to sit between them on the bench when second half started, and I went not let them play. They don't want to play anyway because everybody's shitty. And uh, I had handcuffs in my hand, sitting between them. And the <laughs> other coaches just like, "What is going?" on? <laughs> and I, asked, I had to sit between them with handcuffs. And eventually, you know, they cooled off and they're like, "Come over, they're like can't play." I'm like, "Well, you at halftime you said you were gonna beat each other's ass. So are you gonna beat his ass if you play?" And they're like, "No." I'm like, okay, another kid, I'm like, go to half field. Another kid, can I play? I'm like, are you gonna beat his ass? Cause you said you were gonna beat his ass. Yeah, I'm like, go stand next to him at half field. And they went, but it was, um, I had to learn not to police, even though I had to use some tools uh, and just sit there. But um, yeah, yeah. I, that was a lesson learned. You don't have to be um, like a hard ass. You just, if you're authentic and you're real with them, uh, kids are kids whatever background they'll have some challenges and usually if they don't want to engage in a drill or um they don't go hard it's not because they don't want to be conditioning or they're challenging you it's there's something else going on in life and you just recognize it put in the back of your mind it doesn't mean you need to stop what you're doing let them sit out and either send another coach over to talk to them or go meant be a mentor to them later and say hey man Please tell me what's going, what's going, what's
0: up? Hey, Sean, I know at convention you were blown away by the new aluminum folding Dynamo Goal from Bounce Athletics, which is the world's most portable and durable small size goal, weighing only 19 pounds and only taking five seconds to set up or fold flat. The Dynamo Goal is utilized by the entire North American soccer spectrum, from recreational programs to MLS clubs, to create dynamic small-sided training and game environments.
1: And check this out. It's also available in 3x5 and 4x6 sizes. The Dynamo Goal requires no staking, so it's perfect on all training services. Net customization is also available for those programs looking to create a professional training environment. Visit DynamoGoal.com for complete details. Nick, check this out. The goals start at only $257 $257 per goal with free shipping. And just for listening to the show, our soccer chat listeners get a $50 discount on their order when they use the offer code soccer chat at checkout. That's dynamo goal.com D Y N A M O goal.com.
0: Yeah. And is that something that kind of leads into my next question you talked earlier about people coming from homes where they've been abused or broken homes and different things like that. Is it hard some days to know going into a practice, what it's going to be like for each individual player? Because someone could have had this happen or something might, might've triggered something that makes them think about something that happened to them. And going into the day, you have an idea and a plan and everything that of what the day is going to look like with each individual player and collectively as a team. And then when you get there, it's, it, it's completely different. How do you manage those types of situations?
3: Um, so you have to leave everything in your life behind and that's, probably want the hardest things. Uh, and that just might be from experience. Once you start doing it, you notice triggers. Uh, if you know the kid well over years, um, our programs program stands out because a lot of urban programs and nonprofit programs that help urban kids, they have issues with sustaining the same players in the program over years. Yeah. So they'll have huge groups, but the kids disappear and they just get new kids. Uh, we sustain our kids pretty well um, because we focus on quality over quantity. And um, once you have the same kids, you'll start noticing triggers. Uh, We have, some kids have experienced war. Um, Some kids have experienced uh, molestation. And some kids just, there's a structure in their cultural environment that you have to be cognizant of. So, um, like some kids, one kid, if you come too close to him, he leans back. Uh, that's a that's something like I note I don't know his trauma I don't yeah. know what happened I just note it and I'm like okay a sp- space is an issue um, I guess if you're a new coach you can keep some kind of journal but I would I don't I wouldn't put their names because it's a privacy issue yeah, exactly uh, but you want to make sure all of your coaches are on the same page with the weaknesses and the strengths we have kids that have uh, he, this kid is not fat. He's actually going to be phenomenal. He's just younger, and he hasn't yeah. hit the puberty spot yeah, that those kids. Yeah, hasn't spread out everywhere yet. And he, he's, but he's not even close. He has, like, a six-pack. Yeah. Oh, geez. But he thinks he has a spare tire. And, um, like, he's always – he asks questions our triggers. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, went to the nutrition course here over eating disorders because yep. I'm worried that he's not going to um, – I'm worried something's going to develop, and I need to be cognizant. Yep. Um other than that, I, I actually I do make practice plans not every week, uh, just because I already know it's going to be thrown out the, thrown yeah, out yeah. the window like Wendy said. Well, cell. it's
2: different when you make a plan and for twenty and you get twenty two or you get eighteen. Yes. But when you make a plan for sixteen and you get forty two, it's a bit different. Oh
3: yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah, you just throw it out the window. Um, you make everything like broken homes. The first step, get the word broken off your head. Yep. It's not. That's not a broken home. The home. If they have a home, it's not broken. We have kids that are homeless. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather have a broken home than someone homeless. Yeah. Um, we've had kids who are trying to lead their families, and they literally don't have a home. And they're the only one that speaks English. And they're still in high school trying to graduate yeah. on a scholarship program. So I mean, I almost, I almost moved the entire uh, Chin family into my house. Because I couldn't find the resources, for yeah. him. I didn't want. I'm like, oh, this kid, like, what am I gonna do with this family? Um, and I was just picturing, like, my house is gonna smell like curry.
2: Uh,
3: <laughs> I'm wearing rice all over. Um, like, what am I gonna do? I don't, eat, I don't have a uh, dryer at my house, so we're gonna hang dry all of our clothes because I don't have time to wash all their clothes at a laundromat. Yeah. Like, what am I gonna do? Um, but a lot of yeah. the challenges are going to be kids want to be at practice or transportation and teenagers cannot budget time and do not know how to plan ever and it doesn't matter where they're from what language they speak they just don't do it so uh and they don't set reminders in their phone like a day before when we say if you need a ride you need to tell us by this day it'll be like two days after two minutes before practice and being able to adapt to that or like um in the beginning, I had to tell him. I still do sometimes. Just don't tell him D, one of our players is No, year. you didn't hear this. Um, he knows. They figured it out, but I have to tell him, like, 30 minutes before the game actually starts. It's what time. time. I'm like, okay, the game starts at 6. It's at 6.30. And now I've learned, okay, the game's at 5 because it's at 6.30. Um, and then I have to account for, like, rush hour. Oh, yeah. if they're driving, they don't. Okay, well, the game's at 3.30, and it's at 6. <laughs> and they know I'm not going to show up. I'm like, just meet here and be ready. But... Yeah we have with kids losing uniforms and where you tell a kid he has to pay for a uniform yeah. when he you know he can't afford it no, no or no. they're stolen a kid uniforms yeah. are stolen oh gosh gotcha. and can you bear that budget um, one of our challenges we have to we have to bear those costs when they if they lose something or something gets stolen they're teenagers but they don't have a family that's going to go replace a uniform and we try to keep nice uniforms for them but we One year we took all uniforms after every game, washed them. Yeah, uh, it, it causes issues. The oh, parents, man. they come home with the uniform on. It says something to the families, yeah. um, even if they can't make games. It says something. I hate stripping that from them. So this year, last year, we let them keep them. Now we have lost uniforms, but uh, awesome. I think it's something we're willing to bear well, right now. Especially
0: because, like, even if some kids are losing them or some kids are getting stolen for whatever reason, those kids, obviously, like, they're bringing them home. But, like, for the kids that aren't, they're not getting stolen, they're they're not losing them, things like that. Like, that kid gets to walk home to his family every single day in that uniform. And like you said, that means something. You know, it's something to be proud of and
3: something to be prideful of. But
2: well, they wear them not just on game days. They wear them all the time. Yeah. It, it, is a, it is a sense of pride to be able to.
3: Yeah, and Wendy tries to get the more Jaguars stuff just so they stop wearing their uniforms everywhere. <laughs> um, and their numbers don't peel off, but... Um, it's it's just something you accept. You budget in to replace uniforms every other year instead of every three or four years. Uh, you know, I go to church every week uh, just so I can try to get a little help. Um,
2: yeah, from inspiration from
3: God, and yeah. maybe we'll get like some donations or something for uniforms to come in, or you know, whatever struggle we're having. You know, give me a sign, whatever the, whatever it's, uh, you know, mass is about. Yeah. Give me a sign, say something productive that I can taken and um, some of its faith some of its faith in people around us I couldn't do it without Wendy Sandra our board uh, United Soccer Coaches has just launched us um, you know big time we've been able to advocate a little bit more um, relevant sports helped us a lot uh, especially with advocacy and connecting us with United Soccer Coaches more um, and just networking and that's not my thing but i'm learning you're doing great right now crushing
0: it crushing it
3: um you know positive coaching alliance helped us a ton um, and i learned a ton from them i'm making them D go to their uh double goal session nice because it, it changed my life like how i see it he's gonna learn all the <laughs> secrets on information delivery but all of our coaches are required to do it now um they're online training because i think if all of your communication is consistent, even with five coaches, and it's consistent, there's no there's not a misunderstanding issue. It's like you're probably not listening, or there's something else that's distracting yeah. them. But as long as everybody's on the same page, um, that's.
0: Yeah. No. No. That's awesome. Like one of the questions I have is, so I don't have a lot of experience from that. So I, like, i n there's no, I don't think real license that prepares you for how to work with uh, players that come from the environment that you're talking about how would one go about getting more educated or what are some of the things that i would sh- i should be aware of or some experiences i should have if i wanted to ever ha- be able to work with uh players that are coming from the environments that you're talking about
3: uh so united soccer coaches is starting up the urban diploma uh and we had it i think the target grant hosted at youth rise and it, it's a great course it's a starter course it's not going to prepare you all the way but it int- starts introducing mentorship, and um, so through the licensing class, I don't know all of the differences, but like I have my national C,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I think through youth youth soccer, and that's really good if you have a structure plan. You know your kid, you know your how how many kids you have, um, but yeah, it's it's rigid. Uh, it's a good place to get a mentor like Vince Gansberg does both and he really he's been Love a mentor it. i've had um you know look some crisis i thought a kid was using steroids and i'm like what do i do and he really connected with me like a, someone a medical person that could talk to me about what the actual signs are just to make sure because i don't want i don't want to assume i'll please them if i do uh um i think they need to have even more mentorship so um you can read there's uh, chronicles of mentoring is a researched evidence-based um it's free you sign up you get the newsletter and it's all of the research that comes about youth mentorship and the soccer stuff is the easy part besides like sports performance just go do it you're, you're gonna know how to change directions faster if you just go do it uh how to kick a ball okay how do i lock my ankle let me think okay <laughs> this is what you need to do to lock your ankle um but the mentorship part Start small. Do not try. Don't try to get a hundred kids at once. You can't do it. The time and workload. Uh, like I work forty hours a week with youth rise. I put another thirty-five hours a week. It's um, one day of coaching and club soccer, so what, an hour and a half, and then driving yeah. uh, for one game with the Jaguars kids. It's a six-hour day. Oh wow! So, but the impact you have on their life is going to be. Uh, forever um, even if so so the research shows you need to be in someone a kid's life for six months if it's less than six months they can have abandonment issues okay and being cognizant of that and making sure you're long-term committed to this kid not just a team but that kid it um being long-term committed you're going to learn that mentorship it's kind of like you, we threw a d in the deep end just brought him to the convention learn how to coach and he's taking his own team and he's going to learn real quick um, but I know he cares. He shadowed me for over six months now and he cares. So if you care more in six months, you'll know, I would say about two years, you're gonna start really understanding why you're doing something instead of just coaching. And I think that's anywhere in the coaching world. I think you might start with like a, a suburban club and you're just doing it for money or even like an urban nonprofit and you're just doing it for a paycheck. It works your schedule, your college student. After about two years, you're willing to give up the pay part just to do it and go get a full-time job um so i'd say stick with something minimum six months so you don't you know damage someone's life and then i would stick with it for two years even if it sucks um and let it let it sink in with you a little bit
0: yeah that's yeah no and that's that's really good like for people like us who would love to like help out like what are some of the difficulties that you guys have and how could coaches like Sean and I really go about helping you guys to continue to do what you guys are doing and help other groups like that as well for like outside yeah like I mean I guess like what are some difficulties you guys are running into in terms of like it, that that like again people like us could help or at least spread awareness to uh,
3: there's a so access uh, exis- Having access to resources in the community is one of our biggest challenges right now. Um, There are some quality turf fields in the inner city, or at least like 10 minutes from the real inner city. Um, But they're either controlled by a large private association within soccer, or they're controlled by a very large nonprofit that has the money to lease or rent fields. And when you're a small nonprofit and you're there for the kids, ideally all of your money should go to help those kids. And, I mean, we, we've paid for groceries. We've paid for clothes. We've paid for winter coats. I don't want to spend $120 for half a field in the middle of the night with lights so that we can have a quality practice to compete at the highest level. Um, so advocating for these large organizations to... Um, like, find their hearts and really go back to their roots and find the empathy to connect with us, get to know us. We all, I mean, come and meet the kids, see what we're doing um, is one thing that, like, I really, that, that's where my heart is. At least now, because that's the crisis going on. Uh, <laughs> but it's always an issue. I know other nonprofits have the same issue. Um, equipment. Uh, quality equipment, so we get a lot of hand-me-downs, but uh, a cleat's not useful if there's no cleats on them. Yeah. Um, and it's great, but we play against these same kids having brand new cleats, yeah. and it does, it impacts performance.
2: Yeah, oh, of course.
3: Uh, we, have, we had kids that, when they first came with us, they were played barefoot, so I'm like, they have to learn how to play with a cleat on, now they don't know how to play with shoes. Yeah. Um, carding, so, um, U.S. soccer, we have to be carded through U.S.U. Soccer. Um, it covers some of the insurance issues, and if you get your medical waivers, which is work with parents, but we figured it out, we're trying to go electronic. Um, so carding, a lot of our kids are refugees or immigrants, and they were not here before the age of 10. So the rule is, if you're here before the age of 10 in the United States, you just have your birth certificate, you have your shot records, because your birth certificate's not from here. Yep. Um, shot records proving, or school records proving you were here before the age of 10. Our kids did not, I mean, it's, it's very clear that they come over here due to war, um, and, but U.S. soccer requires this ex, these extra steps, um, and it causes a lot of red tape. I know they've changed some things over time, but it's not, it's not where it needs to be. It's, it's youth and it's soccer. I had one kid, um, we tried to go with the right as an independent team through a soccer to card, Um, We didn't have another club a partnering club that can just hit the button and like force it through so you get your card Which is what? Organizations do now. Yeah, Um, so we try to do everything the right way just because I'm kind of anal and about ethics and uh, Try to preach and show it can be done and this kid was from Iraq came over here when the war started Uh, he's now in college it two years because they contacted FIFA for them to contact Iraq to make sure he never played pro, and I'm like, if you just come out and see him, no offense to this kid, but he has (laughs) never played pro, I guarantee he's 15, like, give him a break, just let him play, he'll try out in front of you, if he could play pro, I'm sure he wouldn't be with me, he'd be, like, and he explained, I'm like, I'm trying to tell this kid, he can't play yet, you can't play yet, you can do rec, but, and he's like, coach, my country's at war, they're not worried about answering FIFA, Yeah, like, that's not their first priority, there's civil war, there's like bombs, and and I felt so bad. Um, we've, we've had to go through clubs, and actually we have to pay more money to clubs just to be carded so a kid can play soccer. It's the cheapest sport in the world. You don't, you, kicking the can is the same concept as soccer. You kick the little thing into the big box. Yep. Uh, I don't know why we're charging $180 for a kid to play for a club. No. Um, and I understand how. Just, and that's a
0: low end oh thing. Oh my god, that would be like.
3: That's just starting. Ten percent of what most and kids then, are paying. Uh, yeah, we had when I coached for club soccer. One of my the coach girls and one of the parents. He added up the cost and it was ten thousand dollars. And I was really cheap. Like yeah. I was. I only did it so I can get money for the boys. Yeah. And he told. He showed me, and it was ten thousand dollars. I don't know why. And I think that's part of the issue. I don't know why we're doing that. We, Youth Rise, we don't follow pay-to-play. Our kids don't pay anything, yeah. not even if they lose their uniform <laughs> right before our first tournament. Um, it's just with the paperwork and the carding, I don't, you need more resources. You need people that can dedicate all their time to admin work, um, hunt down. And um, I think their new rule is you have to do extra forms to prove that if they're not from this country and they, they did not come here for soccer, I I love the United States um but people don't just come here for soccer. Europe no. soccer's huge in Europe. Yep. Our, we have kids that dream to go to Europe for soccer. So I don't know we shouldn't be banning kids from soccer. If they're if they're 19, I get it. But if they're like a 12 to 15 year old, there's no reason we need to ban a kid from soccer. And it's, especially age of 10. That was yeah. a, they changed that rule a while ago. It used to be age of 12. I don't know why we're making it younger. That's ridiculous. Even if they're in Brazil playing pro, a 12-year-old's not going to be making an impact in the United States if they can't, you know, even, I mean... I'm a big name. Playing pro,
2: you're going to be able to Google his name and find out. Yes. Yeah.
3: yeah, I'm a I'm a big Neymar fan, but even at 12, I don't think he's going to like just walk on sporting Kansas City. No. So there's no, and he's not going to come to Jaguars. We'd love to have him, but he's not going to come Jaguars and won't play for me, yeah. just because we. I I don't know. I yeah. don't know why there's that rule. It's a dumb rule. Um, we deal with it, but it's something that we need to, as a soccer community, re. Um, reapproach re-examine and consider why why that rules in place
0: yeah and like what like a, you kind of talked about like travel and tournaments and stuff like that where are some of the things that you guys run into with that like obviously you brought a police van and and
3: yeah so what we can't you, transportation's a big thing now um, van rental costs hotel costs uh, I um, so hotels we have to put um, We max, uh, max the, uh, so the square footage of the room is definitely maximized. (laughs) So you're talking about
2: the tournaments that... The travel ones? Right, the ones that require you to stay... Oh, yeah, yeah, so... pay three times as much as a certain hotel Yep. Then going on Priceline and paying a quarter of that cost. We're talking about that, that it costs us. So we'll get two rooms where a regular team will get eight rooms and we'll put kids in a room. Yeah, so the
3: stay-to-play policies... Um, I don't know why they're made. I'd like to know why those rules exist. Um, and hopefully it's not due to a financial, um, advantage for people it is. or to keep people out. Um, even college showcases are over a thousand dollars to insane. over $2,000 for three games. You don't even get a trophy. So, you know, they're not spending money on medals and trophies, um,
0: they're not paying us to come watch the kids. Like, yeah, on I don't. I don't know, I don't know the why they going. cost so
3: much money, and the kids hate them. Yeah, but I need. We have to. We're trying to get advocacy for the kids. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm personally wanting to know what the recruitment process is for different levels of college coaches. I understand community colleges, yeah. um, but you know, when do I need to have co- kids email coaches, and is there a blanket? I know everybody says, well, it depends. How do I get this kid noticed? He doesn't have the resources to attract you to come watch him. Yeah. I don't have have the resources to film him all the time. And some of our kids don't even know how to hit that little compose button to send an email. Yep. Um, So it's an hour to get them to write an email because you have to sit with them and help them. They don't get help anywhere else. Um, So I'd like to know if there's, like, an easier process. I'm probably screwing something up, but, you know, at least I'm trying. Um, and just a way to streamline the process
0: yeah well I mean again this is a conversation I think we could go on forever about yeah. but I uh, like one of the things that like we wanted to talk about if anyone wants to get a hold of you or the program and donate their time donate their money donate anything that could help uh, to continue to allow you guys to do what you do and grow with what you grow um, what are what are some of the ways that we we can get a hold of you if we if we're trying to get it out
3: so our website is uh, www.youthrisekc.com we have an Instagram a Facebook um, we have a text to give so you can text 44321 and you have to text RISEKC all uppercase. All uppercase. Um, and they'll set up, it'll bring you to a little link and you can donate there. You can don- donate through our website or you can um, write a check if you're, I write checks, but write a check to uh, Youth Rise and our P.O. Box is 15046, can't say Missouri, 64106. Or you can contact Wendy <laughs> at, what's your email, what's your email? <laughs> you can con- you can you can contact us Just via the, email on a uh, through the website. It's inf- direct
2: message us on Twitter or yeah, Instagram.
3: yeah, Facebook Messenger. Um, our email is info info at youthrisekc.com. It's on our website. Perfect. Um, and then ask for Wendy because yeah,
0: that's <laughs> I'll talk to you. that's a that's a, that's what we're trying to do. But again, <laughs> we really thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's it's truly incredible what you're doing and. I, I think a lot of people could get behind this, so we're, we're glad to help you get the message out as best we can as well. So we really appreciate oh, it. Oh, and
3: we have a gala in April, and one of our board members will kill me if I forget to mention it. Okay, it's April fourth on our website, you can sign up for more information. Um, it's "We Are the World" is the theme. It's it'll be it's going to be humbling, small, but it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Like I'm, I'm excited for Thanks
2: it. Thanks for
1: having us. No problem. Thanks Thank for coming you. on. Uh-huh.
3: So I had to keep
0: This was, I think, such a really cool interview for us because I we all know like how difficult it is right now with su- certain communities in the United States succeed in soccer. You know, like there's just limited access, limited resources the cost of the game is just insane. And, and so many coaches are touching on that. And I, I'm definitely not in the place to, to be on any high horse because I, I, I'm i not involved in the club game. But there's so many coaches I could speak to it really well. But I think the coolest thing that I took out of that is you have coaches out there that are still truly trying to go about and doing the right thing. And that is Coach Ann Murphy. Like she... Like I I, like we we know like how much and just talking to her once you after you listen to this interview, how much she sacrifices of her personal life, her personal money, her personal everything to give these kids who don't come from the best situation ever the opportunity to play soccer, to travel to showcases, to maybe get away, to use their ability to get to college and to make it for their family is like. I don't know if you can find a better person out there than a person like Anna Murphy. Cause like she's, I mean, she's doing everything that she can to take a community and, and get those kids out of poverty, out of a bad situation. And that's, I mean, I don't know if you can do anything more special than that, to be honest.
1: I'm going to use a quote that you use, but I'm going to change the word. If that's okay with you, I'm going to take a Nick Rizzo statement. I'm going to change the word. Go for it. The ball does not know how much money your family has
0: 100
1: the ball also does not know how much money your family doesn't have yep and, no it's so true and so you know here's kids who are learning a game uh it's it's given an escape you know i, I i've heard this before um on, on a show somewhere about um working with various uh inner city uh kids and, and things along those lines of we hear all the time about you know their time in schools the the safest four hours of their day or however long a school day is, um, that should tell you something. that I'm in a high school. And I, I can't tell you how long my day is, um, but that that time in soccer when they're on the field, they don't have to worry about what's going on back at their house. They don't have to wor- worry about what's going on in their neighborhood. All they've got to worry about for that hour and a half, two hours, whatever their training session is, or however long their games are, they just have to worry about having fun and playing soccer. And you, you cannot be upset about that. You got to love it. And, and we hope that, uh, you know, we did an awesome project for them, uh, at convention where, uh, they were looking for, um, somewhat used uh boots and, and shoes uh for their players uh we had uh people come by the booth and they donated uh cleats gently worn uh you know because obviously you don't want to give away like really really used ones that are going to break soon as they uh as soon as they put them on, but I guarantee you that if you reach out to uh, Youth Rise KC, uh, that's on Twitter, uh, they are still accepting uh, boots and, and and training shoes if you have them. I believe it was sizes nine through eleven and a half. Uh, go on there, check them out, see those kids, see what they're doing, uh, see how they're playing. Uh, and if your club, your team uh, has some boots that uh, you can donate for a uh, great cause, isn't even the word to donate these boots for a, a, a good impact, a, a meaningful moment for these kids uh, to be able to go out and play, uh, play a game that they love and play a game that's going to help them uh, escape from reality for just a couple of hours. Uh, go do so. Find them online, Youth Rise KC. Uh, shout outs to all of our friends over there. Just a great story. And Murphy, very, very deserving of the 2019 Jerry Yeagley Award. And I look forward to following along with Youth Rise KC. And I hope that I see him at a showcase sometime because I go, I want to go watch those boys play.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, it's truly one of those things where, like, that's like that kid it like his life will be changed guy or girl if if they get to go on and play college soccer for a program like and they've already i think they've already sent kids they said so it just yeah it would be so cool to to be a part of anything that you could possibly do for for them and for her and for those groups because you, you know like you have no idea how much that stuff means i mean when i was talking to uh sarah dreyer schwick about like the sports bra project too and Again, because we're doing some stuff with our um, our women's team here at Monmouth with that over the next few months, and like just talking to her about like how meaningful it is for those for those kids around the world to to have that stuff that every single one of us takes for granted every single day, like a pair of cleats we take for granted every single day, and it it means the world to these kids. A sports bra means the world to
1: these kids, and you and it just it changes so much of their life. Absolutely just I I had to pull up Twitter just to confirm it is at Youth Rise the letters K and C um, And it is YouthRiseKC.com go check them out go follow them follow along uh, And and what a great story and if you can help out send some of those shoes some some of those boots If you have them in men's sizes nine to eleven and a half And you're gonna they're really going to appreciate uh, Everything that you've done for them What uh as we, as we end the uh, the week here, if there's any memory or something that, uh, maybe a story that you've got from convention that you want to share with everybody before we get out here, uh, what would that be?
0: Oh, man. Um, God, there were so many, man. Um, actually, one was, it was kind of random. But that was pretty cool for me, um, which is probably like not what anyone's expecting. So when I was a... Athlete back in 2008. Um, me and my college team went to Costa Rica on a trip and it was nine days and it was really fun. And then three years later, when I started college coaching, we went on that same trip to Costa Rica. And so I was actually walking from uh, doing the interviews that we did on Thursday night and uh, with World Strides. It, that was Thursday night, right?
1: Yes. That was okay. the exhibit hall opening.
0: Yep. So I was walking from there to over to the ducted booth just to say hi to Tiff and Adelaide and catch up a little bit. And as I'm like walking, like I probably no more than, I don't know, 40, 50 feet away from their booth. I hear like Nick, Nick. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> saying my name in a Spanish accent. <laughs> and, uh, and I look over and it's actually one of the hosts of Costa Rica soccer tours that somehow remembered me. And again, I, I would have been with them for like 18 days total in the last, 14 years, and she picked me out of a crowd, maybe because of the red hoodie. Who knows? Um, I was gonna say
1: red hoodie was definitely uh got to be the giveaway.
0: But the thing is, I was at Loris and then at Aurora, so I never was wearing red before. But it was so cool, like to get go and catch up. And then she obviously invite she was able to invite me to their after party, and we were able to just catch up and see how life's been going and stuff. But that was really cool, just because like you know when you ever you go on those trips and stuff, and you have like the host families or whatever, you like you wonder if you ever see them again. And and so being able to see her and catch up and give her a hug and stuff that was really really cool for me.
1: What about you? Oh man, um, funny story, funny story. Um, you know what? I'm actually uh, I'm gonna post a vi- I'll post the video because uh, I caught it on on actual camera uh, as as we did the overtime show uh, with Becky. Uh, we we decided to film some stuff uh, the first day of convention. And we just kept making a point to tell Becky like how popular she was, and she tried denying it. And so I we actually got you on film saying like you know how do why do you know so many people? Uh, of course, then Becky claims you know social media, but it's literally like ten seconds, and then another person says, "Oh hey Becky," uh, and you make a great comment. You were like literally we took ten steps or something like that. And then <laughs> right after she turns around from talking to somebody, another person says it. And it's like we were trying to get all these clips done, but we couldn't because so many people stopped her uh, to talk to her. And it was just like, man, like one day, one day, we're going to be like Becky.
0: Oh, dude. God, that's the dream. That's the dream.
1: Man, maybe not. We'll get, we maybe we'll get close, but we, we won't be, the, we won't be Becky.
0: Close. No, Becky, you're, you're the GOAT. We, we love you to death.
1: Absolutely. I almost had her on soccer chat tonight. Almost. She like responded to one of my tweets, but, uh, she, she didn't get fully involved, so we're close. We're getting close to getting her on. And shout out to the uh, shout out to the homie, the main event, Rich Manning, getting on Soccer Chat tonight, Going a little uh, little Pac twelve love and some D one D one action, getting involved in. Uh, everybody loved it, and, and also I guess if we need to give congratulations to uh, our man, Coach Pete, um, winning the national championship for futsal in uh, in Australia. Uh, so shout out to him and and winning that. Um, and also, as we get out of here, I guess my other highlight that would be fu- so funny. I mentioned this on Twitter tonight. Never have I met someone with a famous person's name who also looks dead on like said famous person.
0: Aaron Rodgers.
1: Big shout out to uh, the Ohio soccer coach, Aaron Rodgers. Why? you I think we're going to. Uh, he and I were kind of scheming. I think we may make a trip to Green Bay with a camera. Get him dressed up all fancy and see if we can pull some some tricks off.
0: Dude, honestly, like, we just need to, like, it, like, we, I don't know. Packers fans are pretty, like, hardcore. So, like, I think that, I mean, I don't know. I think they'd be able to pick up. We couldn't go to Green Bay. I think we'd have to go to, like, somewhere Green Bay was playing where people are stupid. <laughs>
1: Every, every person who's listening to who has a fan base, who is a fan of a team other than green Bay right now is like, don't say my team, Nick, don't say my team.
0: <laughs> the cults. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> on that note, we're going to end this interview. Uh, Nick, if uh, someone's wanting to catch up with you uh, and, and chat with you about your experience at convention or maybe things that you've got going on for the spring, because we do have the Wisconsin women uh, in soccer symposium coming up, how can they get in touch with you? at
0: coach and Rizzo what about you brother
1: and mine is at coach Sotter. And if you're following us on twitter if you were at the social for coaches of female athletes please send uh send some of your pictures and let us know what you think about it you know obviously we were we chatted with Becky and she had so much fun and we had so much fun as well and from what it sounds like you all had a lot of fun too uh we want to come back and do it again next year but we got to have your guys' help you got to let United Soccer Coaches know that you want overtime to come back next year. You want Becky, myself, and Nick uh, to get involved in and be a part of that. Uh, ultimately, I think we just had to tell Becky because I think Becky is the one in charge. And we'll be like, hey, we're going to do the show again. Uh, but if you enjoyed it, please share your memories. Please share some pictures if you have any. The thing I loved the most about overtime was the fact that all of our soccer chat listeners, a majority of them, somehow got a picture with jill ellis even if they just took a picture over their shoulder and jill ellis was there or they actually got to get up close and personal introduce themselves and get a picture they got to do that with jill ellis as becky said boys jill ellis came to your party Shout out to our friends over at DuTick Brand. Check it out, doTickBrand.com, use the promo code Soccer Chat. You heard all of our new friends over at Bounce Athletics. Shout out to Zach over there. Get $50 off your first purchase by using the promo code soccerchat. Make sure to let them know that you listen to the show, whether it's on training balls, on training bibs or these brand new Dynamo Goals that they've got. Those goals are fantastic. If you saw my convention, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen them, go on DynamoGoal.com and check them out. Use the promo code ZOCCERCHAT, get $50 off your first purchase at Bounce Athletics. Shout out to TORX, T-O-R-R-X.com, the world's greatest ball pump. Shout out to Alice Riley and the mates over at SoccerIQ1 on Twitter. Just follow along. It's Soccer IQ. Check out those boys. They're doing amazing things when it comes to tactical details on things to use for your teams. Man, it's been a crazy week. We took like a week or two off. We got ready for convention. We went to Baltimore. We didn't die. Thank God. But the best part is that we get to do this all over again next week. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, we'll catch you later.
0: Catch you later, brother.